1: Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. I told you, the first time you go to Lambeau, you are literally floored, and you're like, wow, how did this get here? And by about the third time, you're like, how did this get here? You know, in in the parking lot, the songs are going on. The The bears still suck. Yeah, all that,
2: tailgating. The
3: bears still suck. The bears, the bears still suck. The Bears still suck. The Bears still suck.
2: The Bears still suck. David Haw. You wonder, who's got more to play for on Sunday, Jordan Love or Justin Fields? I was in August saying Love Stinks, right? Singing yes, that song you, a you lot. Did. This thing they call love, it's going-
0: Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 5.30 till 10 a.m. on 670 The Score.
1: Right now it's Bears-Packers week and the Packers still suck. Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 The Score. Oh, yes, indeed. You're listening to a Four Seasons heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electric. Football Friday presented by your local Ford dealers and it's not a game illinois.com it's upon us the season finale waiting right around the corner morning the yes it is Friday we made it and it's
2: the final weekend of the Bears season I would like to say it went fast at no. times it felt like it dragged it started really slow. the second half of the season has flown by they've had a lot of uh games that have been worth watching they've played uh, at a higher level and there is a degree of optimism a sense of progress as they roll into Lambeau this weekend for a game that means a lot to the Packers because they win they get in but it means a lot to the Bears too in a season that it won't end with the winning record there's a lot at stake for a lot of key guys
1: in this organization so it's gonna be a fun day on Sunday Listen, there's a lot on the line. I I personally feel like a lot of decisions are all ready-made. I personally feel like they got a good sense of what they're going to do moving forward. It's not going to be glorious for everyone. But there is uh, there is a future, and they are going to be uh, scouting it out, figuring it out, and we're going to start getting in the next couple of weeks more information on that future. It's very Interesting. Time of year for the Bears when a team doesn't quite live up to all that uh, it was. was, I I think they've lived up to what we expected from them. But I think that you got to look at the future and say there are decisions to be made. And they're going to announce those decisions. I'm not sure they're all going to be the right decision, Mr. David, but they're going to be made. We
2: both predicted seven victories. If they win Sunday, they've overachieved in our eyes. So yeah. we'll come in here Monday trying to uh, figure out what that means. Practically speaking, the people who have the most at stake for the Bears on Sunday in terms of their job status and their their security in the organization, they're not going to know or announce or even no. probably address Justin Fields for weeks, no. possibly months. No. Matt Eberflus will know right away. I don't know if they'll announce anything, but I think we'll have a good sense uh, next week what's going to happen with him, and maybe the same will be true with the offensive coordinator. I think when you're looking at Luke Getze, you heard him yesterday. We'll talk about what he said and what it meant, but he is the guy most likely to have his future decided, maybe the path changed more quickly than the rest. Because, if you know, these staff changes happen. It more likely will happen next week if the Bears announce anything and move on and find a scapegoat conveniently. But do they need one? I I think that that's what Sunday will determine. Yeah. How badly they need a scapegoat. Okay. I don't know if you're 8 and 9 and you finish with the Arrow pointing up, there will be a this this outcry for, you know, significant change and want somebody's head because what if you finish with a big victory against the Packers in a game that mattered to them and kept them out of the playoffs, then it's going to be Then it's going to be, you know, a a positive vibe around Hallis Hall and around Chicago
1: about the Bears. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what they end up doing. Eventually, everything will be unveiled. But I'm very curious to to sort of study the timeline, how quickly they feel they have to move, how quickly the NFL loses. You know, Black Monday is called Black Monday for a reason. It is usually when a lot of people get their walking (laughs) papers There's already been a lot of change in the league. There's already been multiple coaches fired. We'll see how how big that list grows. There's always a surprise guy. There's always something that happens that you weren't looking at. And there will be one or two people out there that maybe maybe are available and maybe they want to give you a little sort of, uh, I don't know, Craig Council pause? Is something that, to think about. Is that still? Something to think about. Uh, is that still available? Is that still yeah, something I, that you'd want to see? I I don't know. You don't I, know because don't you don't know. know what the field of potential candidates includes. Right.
2: There will be a surprise. I don't know if there will be a surprise next week. I, don't, I, I think right. when we talk about in terms of coaches that could become available, we might be talking about playoff teams. Yes. You could be talking about playoff teams that grow impatient with a uh, uh, Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia. You don't know what's going to happen with him. would be wild. It would be wild.
1: That would be unprecedented. But they fired Doug Peterson three years after I, he celebrated a Super Bowl. But 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 you're talking about a, a guy who was at the Super Bowl a year ago. I mean, I know he didn't win, but that still – that would kind of blow my mind it a would little blow, bit. It would kind of blow mine as well, but you
2: you've heard the rumors out of Philadelphia like everybody else. Sure. These aren't manufactured things, so – that's the mindset of pro sports these days. I think by the time we get in here Monday morning, we're on the air at five
1: thirty Monday yes. morning.
2: Some, somebody somewhere will have already been fired.
1: Yeah, I, I don't argue that. I think that Jim Harbaugh plays on Monday night. So how quickly is that going to move? Is you know he's hired an agent and Don Yee, longtime guy. It's kind of wild to think of Jim with an agent. It's been a while. Um, and then you think about uh, why he would need an agent when he's got a ten-year, a hundred and twenty-two million, whatever the deal is. It's an offer; is. it's not signed. No, it's not
2: signed. <laughs> so I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. And the Chargers; those rumors keep getting They're, louder out of Los Angeles, that's right? And you could see that, and and I and I see Oakland jumping in. Well, I could see the Raiders potentially being a factor. I, I, no doubt about it. And if you have an agent, you're hiring him to take those uh, calls and to work one and play one against the other and build the market so you get the highest offer and settle for the best deal.
1: Wouldn't you personally want to jump into that uh, foray?
2: If I were the Bears? If you were the Bears. Yeah, I think so. I think you definitely, if you find out that Jim Harbaugh after Monday night is available, then... You, you do want to explore what that means and how sure. interested he might be because we've been down this road before with Harbaugh. Yep. And you also, I think it depends, and that may be, you know, there's there, there's a lot riding on Sunday. If Matt Eberflus, uh, and his defense, which has not allowed an opponent to score more than 20 points five straight weeks, finishes with a victory, and it's the reason that they beat the Packers and keep them out of the playoffs, he could be hard to fire even for Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. And I love Jim Harbaugh. But he's going to be a hard guy to to supplant, even though it would be an obvious upgrade in the eyes of many in the
1: football community. Yeah. I, I, as I said, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but we're expecting things to happen. Oh, yeah. With the Chicago uh, Bears uh, in particular. So
2: we'll see. It, we'll see. It's going to be a lot of fun because, you know, the Bears have to approach this from a football standpoint. This team, this time, they haven't beaten the Packers in five no. years. No. Oh. December of 2018, they haven't beaten the Packers at Lambeau Field since Jay Cutler was
1: quarterback. 2015. It's interesting. I think we said at the beginning of the year that it was the perfect time to catch Green Bay. It was the start of the Jordan Love era. There was, you know, there was a lot of optimism about the start to the, to the season and the Bears kind of finally addressing that issue. And now here we are, low these many weeks later, and there is this feeling that. Maybe just maybe the Bears have improved to the point where they're more than capable of beating their their uh, greatest rival. Will they get it done? Will that influence the family? I, I, you know, look. I think that there are larger decisions that are made over the course of time. They don't come down to one thing, but this means a lot to the McCaskey family uh, themselves. So it's going to be really interesting it, just, just how they perform. If the Bears go out and let up a 50-burger, does that sound familiar? I think you got trouble in River City. But I think barring something like that, David, they, they – Well, if
2: they get blown out at Lambeau, I think it changes oh, the context good. of the yes. conversation and yes. and certainly the and look and feel of the season. I don't I, either. I think they're a lot better. By the same token, if they go in there and they dominate the Packers, that will be very convincing. The, That'll make quite a statement.
1: What, what do you have as the over-under for the Packers' uh, ability to score points? They scored 38 in the season opener. What does that mean? Well, that was a different team. you know.
2: And I, and I do agree with that because we made a lot of assumptions about the Bears going into the season that were fair to make about an NFL team that is coming off a historically bad season. You thought they would be ready. You thought they might be mad. You thought they might be focused, and they were none of that. None of that. None, none of that. Of it. So they got blown out, and they deserved it. So now you, here we are 17 weeks later, and they've got something to prove. I really think they've got to take the field with an attitude and with a mentality and with a chip on their shoulders and play like, play like they have something to prove uh, individually and collectively because they do, and every, every player on that field has got something to prove on Sunday.
1: And, and the reality of it is that every year is different in the NFL and every team is different, and the Bears are significantly different right now from the team that started the season, even if the only palpable difference is that Yannick Ngakwe is gone and you've got uh, a new pass rusher in Montez Sweat and Alan Williams is gone. Believe it or not, he was the defensive coordinator in the first game, and you got a different coordinator in Matt Eberfluss. Those are all
2: big differences. Huge you know, differences. When you look at Matt Eberfluss taking over the defense, it changed their aggressiveness. It changed sure. their mindset. When you bring in Montez Sweat on October 31st, it changed their ability to do what they wanted to do, exactly and it made right. everyone better. Yep, They have been healthier. Uh, they were healthy in the opener, so you can't take that and look at that because they weren't, you know, impaired physically. It's just a different vibe with this Bears team in the second half. They're five and two of the last seven, but so are the Packers. So they're playing uh, both at a pretty high level. And uh, it it's Jordan Love coming into his own in the last seven games. He's really been good 16 touchdowns to one interception over the fi- final seven games. And it, it, it's not as simple as saying, who has the best quarterback, will win Sunday. But it could be which quarterback plays best, that team will win Sunday. I think that could be the case.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, that's pro- it's the case many times in the NFL. I mean, it's not an unusual thing. I think it's a fun comparison, the two quarterbacks. I don't know who has the brighter future with the team they're currently on or not. I think that's what makes this one – really interesting yeah but you think that's easy I think it's easy I don't know I I mean I think off the top of your head you'd say well Jordan Love's gonna remain there right but I don't know how long he's remaining there I don't know I don't know that Jordan Love is gonna turn out to be uh, another 20-year Green Bay starter I don't
2: either but will he have one more game after Sunday with the Packers yes that's probably one more than Justin Fields might have with the Bears yeah that's very it's a, it's a
1: legitimate point. It's a legitimate point. But who has the better career? That's another question.
2: Well, that's yeah, that, that's a broader question. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting it, one. It's
1: an interesting one. Could I be I a just fun, think it's fun. I think it's fun, fun. weekend fun to- you
2: mentioned the McCaskies. It could be a great way for Virginia McCaskey to have a big birthday weekend. She's 101 years old today. Isn't that crazy? 101.
1: I I don't know, man. I mean, I was I was reading the thing <laughs> it's that, that people are living Longer and longer, and eventually you'll live to, like, you're 150 years old. Come on. We're getting, that's what this thing said. And I thought to myself, can we extend, like, can your 20s last, last 15 years? Can your 30s last 20 years? Like, I don't know that I want to be old for that long, right? I mean, if, if you if you hit 100 years old, I mean, another 50 sounds cruel. <laughs>
2: It sounds like a Is threat. Is life
1: going to change? Doesn't it? Yeah. Like, if it, it just sounds—that <laughs> that
2: sounds like one of those scary like stories. A threat. Yes. You're going to live until you're 150. Oh no! Really?
1: No! No, no please, oh, please. Yeah, I already hurt. Yeah, I mean, good God, you know, when you hit a certain age, you um, you somehow injure yourself in your sleep. You can roll over the wrong way in bed, and and you know, you can go walk by the beach, and a wave can knock you over. <laughs> <laughs> Things change. Yeah. You know who's aging well? Sister Segway. Jean.
2: Sister Jean is aging okay. well. She's terrific. Yeah. Patrick Kane. Did you see the game winner yesterday, last night. Patrick Kane has another shootout goal for the Red Wings. I know you're happy. Yeah,
1: I. You know, I unfortunately I had to that. watch some of the Blackhawks and that didn't that go was very, very well. That, and it was, the, was the best very part. Disturbing. The best part of the whole thing was when they re-ran some of that. Uh, uh, the the they had the bread man, they had the uh, soup and a sandwich, and they ran some of that stuff in the pregame. I uh, laughed uh, lot. Timmy Panarin
2: I, was, was a, great at the so, Blackhawks, very It was amusing. so
1: deadpan, and, and, uh, and Brian Campbell was hilarious in that too. It was they're just struggling. a very funny thing. They're struggling right now. So Hawks I, can't – what are they? They've lost six to seven. Yeah, they're really bad. Yeah. I, hope, I hope that uh, you turn the
2: channel, though, and watch some NBA. I know you like, like the NBA. Mm. Last night was a good night to watch the NBA.
1: Yeah, the Joker was there for you, if you like The Joker that sort of was thing. there with
2: the last second, bank shot, three-pointer to beat the Warriors. You had to stay up really late to watch that, watch yeah. the highlight this morning. Yeah, I did But too. how about Wimanyama versus Yeah, I never Giannis. thought that
1: was actually, I mean, I understand the matchup, but I never thought that was going to be any kind of contested game. But seeing one against the other, two of the greatest
2: players on the planet, and that was the first time, I believe, that they had played. yes. That was fascinating. Fascinating to watch. And to hear Giannis talk afterward about Wembin. Giannis had 44 and 14. I think yeah. Wemby had
1: 27 and 9. And they it wasn't that competitive. The game wasn't bad. No, but I'm saying the individual matchup was it's the guy that has already created himself, turned himself into an NBA superstar, and the guy with a skill set we've never seen before, and you it, with Wemby, it's always kind of this projection of "Wow, wait until this happens," and I think that that's that's you know, of all the players in the league, you could argue that that Giannis took his skill set and made it into like he he had that kind of. Um, mentality of making himself great and it's been amazing to watch and to see unfold he was the
2: last kind of marvel you looked at like yes. you look at women because it's like how is he doing that and we didn't realize how he work. was capable of yeah, yeah through work Wembenyama is just
1: he's just extraordinary really
2: gifted yeah and uh so many different skills for a player of that size he, he you can't help but stare. And when they were matched mm. up, it was one of these things where, yeah, I mean, Giannis is obviously more established and skilled I, and dominant. But, boy,
1: Wemby and Giannis fun to watch. I, I think, like Wemby, and he turned 20, he's no longer a teenager, uh, the Blackhawks are kind of fascinating for the future. And I keep trying to talk about the World Juniors, and for whatever reason, Dustin doesn't like the subject. So it, all of my attempts have been rejected. But I think it's finally a subject we need to mention because they're in the gold medal game today against Sweden. There are four prospect, Blackhawks prospects on the U.S. national team that is playing today against Sweden, in Sweden, by the way. But it, it is... my advantage. First of all, it, it is a great story because it reminds you of Conor Bedard, and it's really where he... I mean, everybody knew who he was and where he was going, but his performance in the in the juniors last year just solidified him as the number one pick, and off you go, and this is the guy. It was a
2: loud announcement of what was to happen no next. No question about yes. it.
1: And I think that that's kind of a fascinating element to it, and Canada eliminated. They were favored in the tournament, but they they did get eliminated a couple of days ago. And uh, And you got the U.S. coming back, Yesterday against uh, Finland, they were down 2 nothing at the end of the first. They ended up winning 3-2 to to get into the gold medal game against the host country. Always difficult to beat the host country. But four Blackhawk prospects on that team. It's a big deal. Frankie yes. Nazer is the one
2: guy who you think is going to be here the quickest, perhaps, or maybe make the biggest impact when he arrives. And he is front and center on this team. He's a Michigan product. Four guys who are on the way. Gives you hope for the Blackhawks' future. And it does remind you of what Bedard did just a year ago. And a year later, a year later, he becomes an NHL All-Star. That's what's crazy. This is happening on parallel tracks here. You You got the juniors where it reminds you how good the future is going to be. So just wait and see, Hawks fans, because help is on the way. Yes. And Bedard, who's been a little bit of a slump, had a little bit of a difficult week. Nashville shut him down. He became the youngest player in NHL history to become an All Star. 18 years, 171 days. It's
1: ridiculous. It's just and it's like home in Chicago, right? And and you know, very soon he's going to be better than Connor McDavid. Again, we're just waiting for the whiskers. (laughs) You know it. You know what I want you 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 to do? Yeah.
2: I want you to go next Tuesday night. I think Connor McDavid is in town. Yes,
1: he's in town.
2: Go to the morning skate.
1: Get Connor McDavid aside and say, say to him, "Hey." Bedard is going to be better than you. And I'm not going to yell buddy. that at him. I'm not going to threaten him. I'm going to say, <laughs> hey, do you think it'll take, what, four or five years before you're so slowed down and he's so good? He's got 900 points in 600 games. And that happened gonna, this he's week. He's going to say, well, I remember my first whisker. <laughs> and that really led to my ability to dominate. <laughs> That's fun. That's, uh, that is yeah. that is a fun subject to talk about. But I, I, it is, it's great that Bedard made the uh, – the uh, all-star team, and it's great that his, he is still being appreciated for what he can do, even as the Blackhawks lose six or seven games. I, they have really gone into
2: a rut. They've got a ton of injuries. They need to make some moves and get Bedard some help, no mm-hmm. doubt about it.
1: Zach Levine back tonight. Zach Levine and Vooch. What's the bigger news? Well, Who I- did they need more? Oh, no, it's, I-, I mean, Zach Levine back is the story because We didn't even know if he'd ever play again for the Bulls, frankly. We talked about that. Would he ever put on
2: a Bull uniform again? And here he is tonight. They need his scoring. They need his offense. Vooch will be welcome back as well. The Bulls need to go on a little bit of a run again. And incorporate everybody into the mix. Keep Kobe White progressing. Keep playing defense. Do the things that they were doing when they went on that little stretch where everybody wondered, oh, are they better without Zach Levine? I think for a short period of time they were. Now you got to figure out how to make it all work because he can't help you.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I I, uh, I think that's a good way of looking at it. And um, I think that it's going to be hard for some people because of how well they did without him and because of the the way that they weren't competitive. You know, the other thing is when a guy wants out, people turn on him quickly. And I don't blame him <laughs> that if he happens. wants out, but they've given him a lot of reasons to stay. <laughs> yeah, in terms of his salary and and um, I just think that you've got to sort of hold you, you got to hold your water a little bit as a fan. You want him to come back. You want the best for the organization, and that would mean him creating a uh, an actual um, market for himself where. By all accounts, nobody really that interested. The Lakers will take him. That, that's not going to you. You want anything. him to play well enough yeah. Yeah. to
2: put him people in a position where you're going to miss yeah. him.
1: Exactly. But exactly. people are
2: going to want him. Yeah. And that's going to be a difficult thing to do. So that's something to look forward to. It's it's just going to be – and also in college basketball, Purdue and Illinois, right?
1: Yeah. Doesn't that happen? We're going to learn a lot.
2: That's going to be a top-10 matchup. That's going to be a fun – If Illinois beats him, what does that tell you? It, that tells you that's the Zach Levine effect in Illinois because you take away their best player or yeah, their best does, scorer. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And if they can yeah. beat a team like Purdue without Terrence Shannon Jr., who suspended, mm, that's a bad story down there. It's a there. terrible story. But if Illinois can continue to play at a high level, then, then you rethink why, why
1: didn't we celebrate the Ramblers' victory over St. Louis? Shouldn't we have talked about that? If I would had known
2: that they would beaten St. Louis, I should have known that. But – We we have that. That was a good win for
1: him. Go Ramblers! Thank you. There we go. Now we've had our Rambler talk. All right, we've got the Big Six. We're going to break down all the stories of the day, and we're going to look forward to the weekend. There is a, uh, a, a certain team playing a certain other team that certainly has our attention. We'll get into all of it.
0: Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: On the score. It's Pick Six with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six
0: sports stories of the day. And then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312 644 6767 Or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick Six with Mully and Haw
3: starts now. Did you like hearing from Luke Getze on Thursday? Possibly not for the last time this season, but perhaps also the last time as the Bears' OC. Unsurprisingly, he wanted to focus on Green Bay and did say this about Justin Fields.
1: Well, we have a great relationship. We work really well together. He inspires me on a daily with his mentality, his focus, his faith, all that stuff, so um, we, have a, we have a really good relationship, and I think Justin's you know, future is super bright.
3: How do you interpret what uh, the OC said right there?
1: Yeah, you know, I I think it might be too little, too late. I mean, he's clarifying that they have a really good uh relationship. I I you know, look. I don't know what the future holds for all these people, but I I would say it's probably more likely than not that this is going to be the last time we hear from him as the Bears offensive coordinator. Maybe um maybe we hear more from Justin Fields at some point, but I do think Justin Fields has a bright future. I don't know if it's super bright, but I and I don't know if it's in Chicago. But I think he's going to continue to play, and he'll be a starting quarterback in the NFL next year somewhere. I don't know that it's in Chicago. I don't know that they have made those decisions, and I'm not sure how this is going to work out. You know, I think that um, you know I don't I don't dislike. Uh, Luke Getze, I know we've talked about some of the times that he seems to have thrown guys under the bus and some of the, you know, maybe he's trying to be honest, but it also comes across as blame and it comes across as self-defense sometimes. But I think that, unfortunately, this just hasn't worked. And unfortunately, there, there isn't, you know, a great reason to believe that he will be back. Could he be back? I suppose. Do we know what the future holds? I think we all have our suspicions. But, you know, God bless the guy. He's a young guy, came into a difficult job, and um, pretty much left on his own, right? Not a lot of oversight or a lot of help, let's say, from the defensive coordinator slash head coach. So, yeah, it is the NFL not for long, right? So, if he's gone... God bless him. I hope he does well.
3: Putting it through my getsy decoder, it sounded like he knows that Justin Fields is coming back, but he's not so sure if he's coming back. And he wanted to hitch his wagon to QB one. Like, hey, don't forget that him and I, I had I a great.
1: I, I didn't see that at all. I, you said that earlier. No. I didn't understand that when you said it.
3: I'm, check I'm, the I'm, amplifi- in that I'm amplifying. I'm amplifying it I'm gonna. I'm putting it out there again. I'm okay. saying he, he's saying. Justin is is really good. We work together. He motivates me. His focus, his faith, all that stuff. We've got a good relationship. The future for Justin Fields is super bright. Now, sure, you could say the opposite. You could say, "Well, and I agree. J- Justin Fields is going to quarterback in the NFL next year. He's not he's not going to not be in the league if he's no longer with the Bears." That obviously. That that's obvious. But I that my interpretation is is that he feels like Justin's got a really bright future here in Chicago and maybe he wants to be part of it. That's my interpretation of it.
2: I did not interpret it that way. My my sense is that this was Luke Getze being as professional as he tries to be every week. I don't know that he knows, he may sense what's going to happen next. I kind of like the guy. I I do. I, I think there have been big issues this year. I think there have been big problems this year that he has to share responsibility and accountability for what went wrong with the offense. But there have been things that have gone wrong with the offense. It just seems like yesterday, doesn't it? When we were worried a year ago, people in town were like, oh my gosh, Luke Getze is too smart. He's going to be head coach somewhere. What will they do then? I think people are soon to find out what they're going to do without Luke Getze. The writing seems to be on the wall. On a winning team, in a winning culture, Luke Getze's candor would be welcomed and appropriate. I think that with the team that is good, like the franchise he came from, the Packers were winning. He was around a lot of maybe publicly challenged players who responded to being publicly challenged. Comes to Chicago, it's a different story when you have a young quarterback that's developing and a lot of team uh, players around him that are on the same sort of path and track. Those kind of, that, that kind of public candor and being challenged and maybe finger-pointing at times, the way we interpreted that, wasn't always welcome or appropriate. So Luke Getzey, I think, understands what's going on. What he said yesterday, I think, was respectful about Justin Fields and the relationship that he does value. But as he knows, in the NFL, it's not about just relationships. It's about results. And the results for the Bears offense, not good enough. And likely, that is where they're going to start when they start you know, making changes, significant
1: changes on their coaching staff. That's obviously a pretty intense question.
3: That's the voice of Luke Getze. Who will be the most impactful player for the Bears Sunday at Lambeau Field? Who will be the most impactful player for the Packers? Which team's future could be most affected by the outcome?
2: You want to say, obviously, the answer is the Packers because they get to the playoffs and if they win and their outcome is dictated, their season is defined by success or failure if you get to the postseason. But I, I think in Green Bay... There might be a collective shrug. Yeah, you get to the playoffs, you might be one and done. What's up next year? When are you going to get back to the NFC Championship game? That kind of thing. In terms of magnitude and the direction, you know, the, the Bears, if they win, they're only 8-9. and nine. But what they have at stake by winning and how they win, if they beat the Packers and it's a dominant, convincing victory, it solidifies Matt Eberflus. It may um, be meaningful for Justin Fields. It may be other guys at stake. So I think that the Bears' big picture obviously might have more at stake by a convincing victory. They, may have, they have to approach it that way. The most uh, impactful player for the Bears, Justin Fields, no doubt about it. We'll get into that later. The most impactful player for the Packers, I think, could be Aaron Jones. The Bears have yet to give up a 100-yard rushing game. This would not be a good time to start.
3: Montez Sweat, we talked about in the first segment of the show that the Bears allowed all those points in that first game more than any of us would have ever imagined they were going to allow. The defense is very different now with Montez Sweat. It's also Montez Sweat's first game as a Bear against the Packers up at Lambeau Field, his first game against the Packers, period, as a Bear. And he has everything in front of him, right? He's got the new contract. He's got nothing to worry about. He's an all—he's a Pro Bowler for the first time. Maybe a, maybe an All Pro, but a Pro Bowler for the first time. He has an opportunity to really cement himself. We heard in the pregame show, uh, Coach Wanstead talking about with Parkinson's Spiel yesterday. Legacies can be made in these Packer Bears rivalry games. Here's Montez Sweat's like mm. coming out party potentially as a a, a favorite Bear, if you will. Um, Packers, yeah, I think, David, you make a great point. Like, if they make the playoffs, shrug your shoulders because they're probably one and done, and, and then what's next for them. So a lot on the line for both teams. That's what's going to make this 325 tilt uh, quite exciting to watch.
1: Yeah, I, I, think, um, I think if uh, Dante uh, Foreman gets two touchdowns, he gets an extra $100,000. I don't even know if he's going to play. I don't know if he's around. I don't know if he's happy. Uh, but I, I think that's kind of cool. Um, I believe the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers uh, gets an extra 2.5 million, perhaps if he can uh, make a bunch of these um, of these goofy uh, numbers that he's looking at. Just the nature of his contract. Uh, believe it or not, the uh, the uh, I think it's is it is it uh, Preston Smith. If he has two sacks, he can make an extra million dollars in this game or some of these contract incentives that are out there that are kind of interesting to keep an eye on. I don't know that they're that they are anything that, um, that really matters in the, in the overview of the game, but I would imagine you'd be pretty motivated if you could get an extra million, $2 million over the course of a a final game of the season. If you jack up your numbers to where uh, the incentives are in your contract. So I think, Things like that do matter. I mean, if it were you, wouldn't you be aware of what you needed? And wouldn't you want to try to get a couple sacks and get a an million dollars? Doesn't that sound like fun? Wouldn't it be a good thing if you if you hit the lotto while you were just getting ready for a nice off season? I think if the Packers win the game, that speaks volumes about uh, the flower. I, I mean, he obviously came in and had three consecutive 13-win seasons because he had the uh, Great quarterback. They didn't make any noise in the playoffs, so that's not a surprise. But if he makes the playoffs after, uh, after losing Aaron Rodgers, isn't that like a real feather in his cap? Doesn't that change the way that uh, people up there view the guy? Not that he's in trouble or anything. I'm just, I'm just saying that's kind of a cool thing for him. Um, you know, obviously the game means a lot to Justin Fields. I think it means, uh, it means a lot to the Bears as an organization just because they haven't beaten Green Bay in so long. So I don't know if, um, if it means, you know, you don't know how competitive different guys are, but I would imagine that, you know, just based on the kind of effort you see from some players,
3: you would say it means a lot to some of these guys.
2: I'm not talking necessarily about a pick six
0: or something like that.
3: That's the voice of Brad Biggs, 7 o'clock. Biggs time with his official pick of the game. Who will be the better quarterback on the field on Sunday? The Bears, Justin Fields, or the quarterback for the Packers? That's Jordan Love. Who will have the better game? Who's got more on the line? And who will have the better career?
1: I I really like this question. Um, I think that uh, that I think that. Jordan Love this season has been more consistent than Justin Fields. Justin Fields has has been more up and down over the course of the entire season. And I think that um, Love was more consistent. He he hit a bad patch and he wasn't playing well, but he's been okay week in and week out. And I think he's the guy that's going to keep his job on his team for another year at least, I think fields could have the better career the the thing you've got to figure out with fields and, and this is I 'm talking about the organization maybe they've already reached a conclusion on it, but you know there are different quarterbacks that develop at different times and you got to ask yourself if this is a guy who is about to enter sort of the best years of his career in other words, is he is he getting to a point where his extraordinary athletic ability is going to match his understanding of the game? And can he become a better passer moving forward than he has been? We know he can. he's an a, a, a extraordinary athlete. It, do you get to a point where you figure out how to do what's best with him? Or have you reached a point where you've seen too many plays left on the field and you really think you're better off replacing him? So that is the big question regarding Fields. But I think that just as a professional athlete, it's possible that he is going to hit his prime in the next year or two. And I don't know, you know, Love is on his first season and everything, but he did have years to kind of follow what he's doing. So I I think that Fields is going to be the better player moving forward.
3: There are four questions here, and I believe Justin Fields is the answer to all four of them. Justin Hmm. Fields is going to be better than Jordan Love on Sunday in his career. There's more on the line from him. Justin Fields, four squared. Yeah, I like
2: your optimism. I think that it's that. I think it's optimistic. I look at Sunday, and I will say this, a sense of urgency is greater for Justin Fields. They both have been quarterbacks who – played well in December and they're coming in hot both have reasons to believe they could be the guy and they will be the guy and and both are approaching it like that I think Justin Fields will have the better game because of the urgency because of the momentum because of a lot of reasons that just feel like it will be his day a field's day but I don't know that it says much more than that. I think Justin Fields will will seize the opportunity in the moment. But I look at Jordan Love, and, and with due respect, I mean, you've got to look at, he he likely will crack 4,000 passing yards on Sunday. He could end the season leading the NFL in touchdown passes. It's his first year as a starter. They're going to get more weapons around him. He's going to get better. That's the bad news in Chicago. I think it to me, seems inconceivable to think that when you look at those numbers, blind resumes, and, and you can't do this, but like you look at those numbers for a first-year starting quarterback in the NFL, I can't look at that and then look at what Justin Fields has accomplished in 38 NFL starts and think he's going to be better over the long haul. I think that's optimism speaking, and that's okay because he's, he's Chicago's guy. But I think Justin Fields wins the day on Sunday – but Jordan Love looks like he's going to have the better career.
3: Oh, my God, what a
1: question. What a question.
3: That's the voice of Joe Fortenbaugh. He's with the guys. at 744 this morning. Don't forget to get out that pencil and paper. Do you agree with the linebacker coach for the Bears? That's Dave Organzi, who said the Bears season opener against Green Bay in which they surrendered 38 points seems like years ago. The guys are fired up. And then, you know, obviously you go back and look at that tape because that's who we're playing this week, and it seems like man, years ago, and we're, we're, we feel like we're a completely different defense now, and I'm more excited to go out there and put it on display. Do you agree with that uh, sentiment? Well, that
2: was 17 weeks, two fired assistant coaches, and one massive trade ago. So, yeah, I definitely <laughs> agree. This is a different team. It's a different time. They have played as well as any defense in the NFL over the last month or so. They have their moments, but when you look at the way and the the, the the takeaways, the way they're getting the takeaways, the the way they're rushing the passer, this will be a different team to prepare for if you're the Packers because of the Montez sweat effect, because of the way the secondary is playing with more confidence and challenging people, and because the linebackers are intact and aggressive, and T.J. Edwards is tackling everything that moves. So Dave Borgonzi is exactly right. It does seem like it is – a long time ago, and it is a different defense. Not Maybe a lot of the same faces, but this group has grown up and grown together, and it will be one to be feared on Sunday.
3: Yes, the Montez sweat effect. Heck yeah. Let's see it. Let's hear it. It's very different than it was week one. A lot more pressure on the quarterback. That helps out the secondary. Bears are playing excellent against the run, and that's what Green Bay is going to have to try to do to win this game.
1: Yeah, I got to tell you that first Green game, Green Bay game, does feel like a year ago. It really does. That was a different lifetime, and you know, it's it, it, when you look back and think about it, what a pity they weren't ready to perform in that game, and they are significantly better now. So I think we are all expecting significantly better performance from that defense, in particular, and. um And I look forward to it, and I think that Montez Sweat has been phenomenal, and it's led to a lot of these interceptions. You know, I mean, I know we all want to celebrate Jalen Johnson making the Pro Bowl. The fact that you've got a rookie corner who was the defensive player of the week, it just tells you that you're making plays in your secondary and you're getting enough of a pass rush to have guys playing aggressively and jumping into lanes and and getting picks. 16 picks in the last six weeks. Phenomenal.
3: Yeah, I think it's a good question. Do you expect Zach Levine to return tonight for the Bulls? You'll hear it here on 670, the score 645 that pregame. How important is it for him and the team to help create a market for players upon his return? Should he be interested in leaving via trade? The Bulls are thought to overvalue their players. Will that be a problem with Zach Levine?
1: It is a problem with Zach Levine. It's a problem with everybody. They've tried to trade. You know, one of the reasons they 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 like their guys and they probably value their players higher than other teams do. And I think that um, yes, it's incumbent upon Zach Levine to show that he learned stuff during his break and that he's ready to impact the team in a positive way. Um, I don't know what kind of minutes limits He'll, he'll minutes limit. He will be on, but I would imagine there will be one. I think we'll see Zach Levine tonight. I'm hoping we do, but I don't know how long we're going to see him for. But he'll, he'll make an appearance, no question.
3: Yeah, I think he needs to look fully engaged on both ends of the court and really show that he's engaged because that will help other teams realize that uh, that's the player they're going to get, and I think that's what they need right now.
2: That's This is a positive story. Zach Levine coming back is a gain for the Bulls. They need him now. They need his 20 to 25 points. Maybe he won't get that many tonight, but he's got to be looking for his shot. They need shot makers. They need playmakers. They need guys who can hit the three and create some uh, momentum downhill and do the things that Zach Levine does in finishing off at the rim when he's healthy. Let's hope he's healthy. He does need to trade. establish a trade market. Did the Bulls overvalue Zach Levine, they probably did that when they signed him to a max contract. They may have done that in in terms of uh, going in that direction, going back to that. It was understandable why they would at that point. This idea that the trade market has dried up or there's not one, that's a reality. I don't know, though, that the Bulls created this as much as his agency did. They pushed They pushed this forward, and they – kind of made the demand or they made it an issue and they probably created the issue at at a bad time because Zach wasn't playing at a high level and he wasn't doing the things that he had done when things were going better for him in Chicago. So this will be an interesting chemistry experiment beginning tonight to see how he fits into the mix. Vooch coming back will also help maybe him get some shots. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it all comes together because it's a very long season in the NBA and you wonder, you wonder, if they don't find a market for him, would they just find somebody who would take his contract and not get as much in return? And is that a wise use of your resources if you're AK? So a lot of questions left to be answered, and it's going to be fun to see them begin that process tonight. I've answered this question you know, a lot, obviously.
3: NHL insider Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet Canada wrote in his Notes column that because of Connor Bedard's enormous appeal, ratings, power, next year's NHL Winter Classic, quote, is Chicago's event to lose, end quote, which means the Blackhawks in action next January 1. How much would you welcome that, and where might it be played? I love
2: this idea. I went to the Hawks Winter Classic when they last played in one at Notre Dame. Uh, a couple years ago went to the one when they played in washington dc this is a cool thing outdoor hockey is fun whether it's at wrigley field or soldier field maybe they can do guaranteed rate field i don't know where it would be but i hope it is in chicago connor bedard on new year's day is the best way for the nhl to combat the college football draw whatever football draw whatever else is on your television sets the NHL needs something that will draw and lure viewers. Connor Bedard is that guy for the league. He is Chicago's. We are lucky to have him. He's the youngest NHL all-star ever. That's the news today. That's the headline. The Hawks playing in Chicago on New Year's Day would be a welcome addition to our sports calendar. I don't care where they play. They could play they could, they could let's freeze the lake. I whatever, could they have a floating uh, rink Dustin could they have a floating rink the Hawks can play on a New Year's Day whatever it takes bring it to Chicago
3: uh, I'll echo that David I love the idea I think it's a great idea I'll tell you where it's not going to be played it's not going to be played at the rate okay it, they're not going to play at a guaranteed rate field that 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 that, that I know for fact Why? okay I, lots of reasons but they're not going to play at the rate wherever you can host the most amount of Chicago sports fans that's where you play this game because this is something that everybody should want to attend. Really cool event. I remember watching the the game they played at Soldier Field, and it was snowing, right, yeah. against the Penguins? Yep. Wasn't it against, against the Penguins? Penguins? And it was snowing, and it was really cool. My kids were totally into it. We watched it on television. Really cool event, and it would be cool if to go to Soldier Field, which I think would be able to house the most Chicago sports fans for this event. If I'm not mistaken, and that's where I think it should be played.
1: Yeah, you know, um I mean I am kinda with you guys. I, I would like to see it at the Maggie Daly skating ribbon. I'd like to see it at uh at uh, you know, just right over here. We could park there's, here. There's ice over here. We, we could just park walk, walk over. Yeah. Awesome. I mean anywhere. But it it probably would be Soldier Field. Um what's the Bears schedule next year? Who are they playing are they playing on uh on uh, January 1st, will there be enough time if they play uh, New Year's Eve to turn it around for the uh, for the NHL festivities? Will the weather be such that uh, it's not 50 degrees and you can't keep the ice uh, from melting? So uh, I'm all over it. I think it would be great. I think Bedard brings you a lot of things, including something like this. I also think that the World Juniors are going on today at 1230. You ought to try to watch it, Dustin, and uh, – it's also going to bring some of, maybe some of those guys are already playing for the Hawks next year. Maybe the Hawks are improving. Where do you, you watch it? Where is it on? NHL Network. NHL Network. Yeah. Bro. yeah. You've been wanting to talk about it all week. I'm just filling you in in case you actually want to watch a sporting event. Um, but anyway, it should be a lot of fun. And, uh, and here's hoping that uh, they get a lot more of these and they do them locally. And, if they want to do it at the rate do it at the rate i don't i don't know that uh, you can guarantee anything at the nhl
2: <laughs> i would love it if they hawks red wings wherever it is patrick kane i believe new year's day if he comes back
1: i believe uh, we were in new york when uh, they played the game at Yankee Stadium yeah. between the Islanders and the Rangers, and it was spectacular. That was Super Bowl week. Yes, it yes, was. Yes, it was Super Bowl week, and they did an outdoor game at Yankee Stadium, and it was fantastic. It was
2: absolutely I, something, as good as you imagine. There's something about outdoor hockey that great. is just appealing to on a lot of different levels. You know, the Seattle event was, was great backdrop. They did a nice job with sure. it,
1: but it was 48 degrees. Right. It just seemed odd. Maybe go a little later. Maybe go into February. Why do you have to do it January 1st?
2: Eyeballs. Yeah. TV ratings. Well, I mean, I and, would... and Bedard's debut, still, I think, if you look at uh, the ratings for the league, they, they're they looking at that, and they, that. His debut really drew a lot of attention, a okay. lot of viewers.
1: Get Edmonton in here, and we'll find out <laughs> who's, who's the better. They're going to be here Tuesday night. Connor. Tuesday night. I'm not going outdoors on Tuesday night. Okay, not outdoors. We're talking right. about next year. All right. <laughs> All right, we got the extra point next. It's a good one. We're going to tell you who wins the game. We'll do that next.
3: Set up this extra point.
1: It's time for the extra point with Mullen Ha on 670 The Score.
3: Will the Bears end their season with the first three-game winning streak in the Matt Eberflus era on Sunday up in Green Bay? Can you please predict the score of the game Predict what will be the top storyline we discuss on Monday.
2: (sighs) Okay, Bears-Packers Sunday. You know what I think about hellos and goodbyes. They're very important. They're very big. You can make a big impression how uh, you come into a room or come into a place. You can leave a big impression based on how you walk out of it or leave the scene. We all know this could be Justin Fields' goodbye in Chicago for the Bears. I think that he has sounded like a guy who understands that. I don't want to say he embraces that, but he kind of feels it too. I think because of those things, because of what's at stake for him personally, he's going to be as ready as he has ever been to play at a high level. I think because of those things in his career, he's going to be as ready as he ever has been, and he's going to be the best player in the field. He's going to have one of those games that we look at and say, wow, it's going to be another thing for the Bears to consider, another reason for Justin Fields' growing fan base to point to, say, look, look what he can do. And I think years from now, we're going to look back at Justin Fields' final game as a Bear as the one where he beat the Packers and then left the building and left the city. It will be the stuff of Bears legend. It will be that kind of thing. It is like, look at me, goodbye. Because the emotion will wear off. They will make a football decision moving forward. And the last glimpse you get of Justin Fields will be of him celebrating at Lambeau Field as the Bears end the losing streak against the Packers. That will be cool. And it will be a memory that you will cherish. So you don't want to miss Sunday. Bears 23, Packers 19.
3: Like it. I like it, other than I don't like the idea of getting rid of Justin Fields. I am I am on the keep Justin Fields bandwagon, not get rid of Justin Fields bandwagon. What a better gift for Virginia McCaskey on her 101st birthday weekend than a Bears victory against the Green Bay Packers. And I am also, David, predicting a Bears victory. 24-20, to 20, Montez Sweat, Stamping his arrival as a Chicago Bear, the leader of this Bears defense moving forward. That will be the difference on Sunday night.
1: <laughs> uh Dustin, you you uh you just you're just so wonderful. Uh I guess I'll go with the the Bears winning um let's say 24-20 and um i think that they do i think they have improved and they have gotten better and i think that um the bears defense will will win this game and i hope i hope beyond hope that it comes down to justin fields ball in his hands with the dagger driving down the field and beating the green bay packers uh would be just a wonderful thing to see and it would be a a wonderful way to kind of close out the season and leave everyone with a fine you know three game winning streak the first of the year to take with
2: you. You want to make a closing argument. That's a heck of a closing argument. I just
1: want to say I want I want him in that position and I want to see him succeed. For our sake and I think it's
2: it, you know for the conversation it becomes a lot more complicated and frankly a lot more compelling if he does just that, that he goes into Lambeau and he's the reason the Bears beat the Packers and keep them out of the playoffs. And it does have the potential to be one of those moments in this rivalry where the rivalry is rekindled. So far, you know, look, the football diva had a point. If you could get through all the nonsense and all his narcissism, you, you know, Aaron Rodgers actually had a point about this rivalry. It's not been much of a rivalry.
1: It's got to be made a rivalry, and the only way to do it is to win a game there. The Bears have beaten each of the other two division opponents at least once this year. They owe one to Green Bay. They do. They owe them one, and the idea that you can also uh, make their playoff appearance uh, complicated. Let's put it that way. They would need a lot of things to go right. They could still get in. Uh, if, If you lose the game, they're in. It's as simple as that. But if you win the game, they would need a lot of help to make it. So they could conceivably still get in, but, boy, wouldn't that be great if you just threw a wrench in the works.
2: There should never be a rivalry where it is eight years between victories in the opponent's
1: and building And, frankly, or frankly structure. There's, there's no excuse because the quarterback uh, competition is evened out. It's not like – there's Farvin Rogers coming at you. This is Jordan Love. He's a solid player. That's it. He's not a Hall of Fame quarterback or hasn't shown any hint of that if he eventually is going to be. Well, back. it's
2: interesting because you you're right. Because compared to Farver and Rogers, no, you're kinda of like, eh. But compared relative to the rest of the league, you're talking about a guy in fairness, and I've not been a no. Jordan Love guy. Four thousand yards and leading the NFL and touchdown passes, which he has a chance to do if he has a big day Sunday. That's a season.
1: Yeah, no. That's I, a season. I, I got respect for the guy. I'm just saying it's not as lopsided as uh, – lob, uh, lob uh, it's not as one-sided as these things have been before.
2: The gap's closed. Thank you. It's narrowed. No doubt about it. You see that, and I think you're going to see that on Sunday, and then you're going to want more. I yeah. just don't think that as much as we have talked about it, when, when you – step away after a couple of days or weeks or whatever. Ryan Poles is not looking at Sunday, I think, as a referendum on Justin Fields' future in Chicago.
1: No, no. I, I think it's just another game. And I think that I I don't have the same amount of confidence that uh, that Dustin does. I think that you have to examine everything and you have to determine if you could get – a. a better deal or as good a deal as you got last year i don't know how you could but i think you you would look at that and you would have to contemplate how that would work out but i think in the end you know there's a fairly obvious decision to be made and i think they'll come to that conclusion um so yeah i'm i'm not as confident as dustin is that it's gonna go Way Once the, the
2: euphoria from Justin Fields' three-touchdown performance in Sunday's victory over the Packers.
1: Listen, you know, they need to do that. They need to win this game and win convincingly. They, they should probably try to score 38 points again. And uh, it, it, what, what did they have, 37 <laughs> last week? Get 38 points. That's 38. What, that's what uh, Green Bay had against you in the season opener. That would be a great fitting, it'd be a, fitting way well, parallel end the man. season. It'd be a wonderful way of showing the Progress you made from game one to, to game seven, and those
2: highlights will be so cool to watch on the Justin Fields video tribute next
1: season. <laughs> Who, who's he coming in? <laughs> wherever with? he yeah, lands, okay. All right. uh, it's awesome. Uh, ton of fun. 312 644 67 67. I'm going to get to your phone calls. It's Mully and Hahn, the score. <laughs> We have a great relationship. We work really well together. He inspires me on a daily with his mentality, his focus, his faith, all that stuff. So um, we have a we have a really good relationship, and I think Justin's you know future is super bright. Molly and Haw Chicago Sports Radio six seventy, the score. That is the voice of Luke Getze. and um, it'll be very curious to see what happens how things go, not just on Sunday, but on Monday and Tuesday, and moving forward into the off season, all the possibilities. And we've mentioned it a lot. You don't make decisions until you have to. It'll be very curious to see what kind of timetable uh, the Bears hold themselves to when it comes to various decisions of who's staying and who's going and who's quarterbacking and all the rest of it.
2: I think the only clarity that we'll get next week if – if things go the way most Mm -hmm. people expect them to go, might be with the coaching staff. You you typically get those kind of moves announced or executed within the first week of the offseason. And especially with jobs as as tenuous as offensive coordinator jobs in the NFL are, those guys want to know because teams need to know what to do moving forward, who's available, uh, who didn't work. I think the stat this year was there's 16 new offensive coordinators. Yes. That's half the league in and, terms of a turnover. And, and,
1: David, you know, you in order to be fair to someone, if you do not want them back, you want to let them get to the market That's and the be point. available to the beginning of it. And, and, and you,
2: this is where professional reputation matters. You want to be an organization that treats – it's known for treating your assistants right. Now, the Bears are in a difficult predicament, especially after sure. – Coming off a season where they parted company with one for human resources reasons. We'll maybe never know exactly why Alan Williams left the building. And then David Walker fired in, in, during the season. So the Bears have maybe some reputational damage to consider or, or damage control to think about when they're moving forward. You don't want to hold your potential You don't want to hold guys hostage on your payroll in your building if you're going to fire them in 10 days. Do it now. Let them get a look at the rest of the league or the college football. With Luke Getze, you know, he made his case yesterday. I think what he wanted to do, I don't think he wanted to – this wasn't calculated necessarily, but when he was asked about Justin Fields, I understand why he would say, you know, Justin Fields inspires me, I value our relationship, and it's a good thing moving forward. You want to –
1: Go out the way that he went out, and if that was his last press conference. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he handled it well. Three one two, six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Let's try our friend John. He's in Joliet. Hey, John. Good morning,
3: guys. Uh, I understand business is business, right? So Sunday, you know, it's this is one of those games where you want to be with your family or be with your group of friends and 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 be excited for what's about to happen because. Montez Sweat is not only going to be laying that quarterback out a few times, but there's going to be multiple interceptions. I want the Chicago Bears to lay a stamp down in Green Bay that we are back. We are coming. And if this is Justin Fields' last game, make a statement. No matter where you're playing next year, I appreciate you as our quarterback, and I hope you stay our quarterback. But if not, let the NFL know who you are, Chicago, Chicago.
1: Stand up for this team, back them up, and let's bear down, baby. Thanks, like John. It, John. Yeah. Appreciate the phone call. It's exciting. It, to have a game that you could make that kind of statement in.
2: The statement would be, "We are coming." It would not be, "We are back."
1: No, it's, "We I, are on the I, way."
2: I think we're on the way is as loud as it will get yes. in terms of a statement Sunday if the Bears are able to beat the Packers because "We are back" comes when you are headed to the postseason, when you're going to the playoffs we are coming is when you're able to finish the season on a three game winning streak and keep your rival out of the playoffs by winning for the first time in eight years in their building.
1: I read a funny story and I, I, it might've been unintentionally funny, but it was basically a response to Justin Fields that he was trying to fire up the people of green Bay and insult them by what he said. There's nothing else to do. uh, But, uh, but watch football and, um, and they kind of pointed out, "Hey, we, you know, we got a new children's garden somewhere or other. They've built something nearby that somewhere or other. It, I mean, it's it's hilarious that that you're trying to defend. There are things to do when, in reality, he's probably right. I would say that most people um, that are." go into that game, would, would love to have a drink in the parking lot and maybe do some grilling. I, I don't think that's a controversial comment to make, but um, there just isn't the same amount of things to do, and the idea that you're going to defend it by, well, we got a children's garden over here. Like, really? Is that what people like to do in the winter? I, I don't know. Maybe that is the answer, but it it was it was amusing to me that that they felt the need to kind of uh, of defend their town against Justin Fields' implication that it's kind of boring there.
2: Yeah, I don't know that Justin Fields was was trying to spark that kind of a reaction or right. or just kind of a, a light moment. He, he was relaxed. It kind of reflects the way that he has been more more recently. Uh, it, he's not a bulletin board material provider typically. Uh, he doesn't uh, say things that are typically inflammatory. He's had one controversial moment at the podium this year, I would say, right? Yeah. Earlier in the year, when well, he talked and, about and I being don't, well, I, you know, uh, robotic honestly, and not coached. Or see, coaching was the issue, that kind of thing. And then he walked it back. And- that's
1: that's the part that I thought I, I just didn't understand. I thought the fact that he walked it back, maybe he didn't mean it to be as uh, as as. Um, forward as as it was maybe he regretted his candor but i don't think he was wrong about what he said and i don't and i think things changed for the positive as a result of that i i just think that maybe he should have had that conversation privately is that why he walked about i'm not sure
2: you know that, that pertains to, like, his relationship with Luke Getzey, which yes. Getze alluded to yesterday. Right. Luke Getzi's exit interview, whether you're firing him or de- determining whether or not you bring him back, the first question for his exit interview after the 2023 season is how well or why didn't you do make more of an effort to structure the offense or the weekly game plans in the play calling around your quarterback because after the f- the first four games of the season it was obvious that something w- you were trying to force fit the issue. Why did you do that and what did you learn from it? That's what I'd want to know. And and he may address he may have addressed that a little bit yesterday, but not fully enough for me to really t- fully understand why they went into the season hell bent on doing the things they did in the first four games.
1: It's it's again David, I think these are these are conversations that you have to have. Maybe you've already made your decisions. By the way, Dustin, a lot of pushback against you in particular for – Jumping on the Fields bandwagon when you hadn't been there before. What what happened in the past 24 hours that changed your mind?
3: Well, I think he's played really well over the last uh, couple of weeks. I don't think I've been ever off of it. I've not said we should go ahead and back up the Brinks truck and pay Justin Fields now, even though I think that discussion needs to be talked about next week. Um, but I've never been on Caleb Williams. I've never been on Drake May, who I believe is Mitch Trubisky 2.0. You gotta worry about Michael Penix's knees. So I am not big on I'm not big on this quarterback class. So, you, so I think now Justin that you Fields got the, the number best one option. pick,
1: now that the number one pick is in, you're starting to look at options and you think Fields is the be- Fields best.
3: Fields is the player. best option for the Bears, okay. my opinion.
1: So you have not changed your opinion. You've just kind of developed
3: not amplified it maybe as much. Hmm.
2: You don't like this quarterback class.
3: You yeah, don't.
1: he's the guy. He's the guy.
3: Not for the not for the Bears.
1: Did you like what what was it ninety three or eighty two What was the great quarterback class? Did you like that one? Sure, yeah.
2: He was a big Ken O'Brien. He guy. only
1: he only likes the quarterback class after the fact if he finds out there's Hall of Famers in it. Did you like last year's quarterback class? At the time, he won't. Answer. Big time. Okay, well, I guess we'll uh, we'll have to leave those questions for Dustin for later in the show Got the Tribune football man, Brad Biggs, joining us next. It's Mulligan on the score. It's footbeat pop.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?